Welcome to FileMaker Off the Record. You're listening to Thomas and Teresa of Profile Developers, discussing all things FileMaker for developers and power users. Hi, Thomas. Hello, Teresa. How are you tonight? Doing very well. How about yourself? I am well. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Yeah? Yeah. Are you still full? I, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of turkey. I'm still eating leftover turkey. Yeah, I made too many pies. <laughs> so I keep eating pie every night, which isn't a terrible thing. But, you know, I guess I'm, I feel like I'm uh, bulking up for hibernation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made, I made a turkey. Yeah? Big turkey? T uh, 20, I think it was 20, 20 pounds, 22 pounds, something That's like that. a big bird. Yeah, it was a big bird. Mm -hmm. It barely fit in my roaster. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, I have my grandma's roaster. Yeah, I, I've heard this is an interesting roaster. It's a nice roaster. Mm -hmm. It's a Westinghouse roaster. From when? You said your grandmother's, right? It was my grandmother's. I, I've seen this roaster. Yeah. It's very cool. I'm amazed it still works. Oh, and, my gosh. And it works perfectly. Yeah. And um, my favorite thing about it is that I also saw it in the John Hines History Museum. As part of an exhibit, it, not not your roaster, but a different roaster, the same kind of roaster. Yeah. Um, but it's in one of the exhibits for, I think, like the 1950s. They have all these little rooms for different eras. And there's like a little kitchen from the 1950s. Yeah. And it has this Westinghouse roaster on the stand that it came with back in the day. I remember seeing it and saying, oh, I know that roaster. <laughs> And I saw one at the at the at the thrift store a couple yeah. of weeks ago. I was I was <laughs> seeing a client who is next door to the thrift store, mm -hmm. killing some time. I went there first, and I'm walking through, and I'm like, "Oh my god, they have my grandma's roaster!" <laughs> How much was it at the thrift store? I was twenty bucks or something. I should have. I, I debated buying it as a backup. A <laughs> hundred years, her stoves work fine. What when am I going to get need it in another fifty years? I'll need another roaster, so. I'll just deal with it then. Yeah. So that, that's some old tech that was built well. Yes, that's very true. Mm. And more recently, one of my clients gave me some FileMaker files. Mm. That Speaking of old tech. <laughs> that they've been using since pre-2000. So yeah, they, they didn't know when the files were from, but they knew they were old. Yeah, they were old. They were created pre 7 and then they were converted to uh, FileMaker 7 in 2004 because I did an analysis of the, of the files. Mm -hmm. And that was the original conversion date. Okay. But they were using them for years before that. So these, these were ar archaic. Mm. So what I'm, I'm recreating them in, because the files have been corrupted several times. Mm -hmm. And they and still recovered. want the data. So I've pulled the data, cleaned the data as best I could. Mm-hmm recreating the files from scratch rather than dropping and converting mm -hmm. i'm just manually then, re recreating because they're actually other one of the files has uh several hundred fields but the uh, the rest of them you know have somewhere between 10 and 20 fields mm -hmm. literally three or four layouts the biggest file has 10 layouts mm -hmm. the layouts are not complex but but do in in many of the tables did they have the recovered blob fields and yeah several like of that? them did they would yeah. have multiple recovered blob fields yeah, yeah so for for any any good or best practice you you should never reuse a file like that 
if you can rebuild it. Yeah, especially yeah. back in the day. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's I've been working with that. So like Grandma's Roaster, those files <laughs> keep chugging along and work and fine. It's, you know, mm -hmm. issues here and there, but uh, but it's impressive how well they worked and it's uh, and it's this is research data. It's important data. Mm -hmm. Very nice, very informative. So what are we talking about tonight? I thought tonight we could talk about FileMaker's design functions. Oh, I don't think I use the design functions much at all. No, you probably don't use them often. Mm -hmm. They come up and they're very good for certain tasks, but we can go over them and see maybe there's something you don't know. There's probably a few things that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So the design functions return information about the structure of your solution. Mm -hmm. So information about the, the tables themselves and the fields and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So strictly structural, no value-based data. Right, okay. right. Going by the FileMaker help, and mm -hmm. they list them alphabetically here. Mm -hmm. The first is database names. Right. Uh, that returns a list of the names of all files open on the computer. Right. Does that also list the names of hidden files? Yes. If you want to know that a user has a file open, mm -hmm. you can run that function and find out whether or not it's open on their machine. Maybe they don't have access to it. Maybe they don't have the right password for it. And mm -hmm. so whenever some script is running, you know, well, wait, I should stop because they don't have that file open. Right. Like that would be useful for uh, some logging functions. Mm -hmm. So if in some solutions uh, you might build in error logging or error capturing that you can kind of turn on and off for individual users or for the entire solution. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, one of the dev cons where uh, they were talking, the speaker was talking about ways to build in error capturing scripts to help debug situations where a user may say, oh, this report used to take, you know, 10 seconds to run, and now it takes 10 minutes. And in their solutions, they had this error logging or error capturing that they could enable. And then it would start to generate these kind of script logs where they could see, oh, well, when user Mary Jane logs in and runs this report, well, it's not taking 10 seconds. It's not taking 10 minutes, it's taking about two and a half minutes, you know, and then can gather that data and do some analysis on it to figure out what might be changing. But uh, something that you maybe aren't running all the time, but can use to help with debugging and analyzing current database functions and speed and and. Uh, which scripts are running, things like that. Sure, yeah, and we'll get to those functions. And yeah, that's that's exactly right. So the next function is field bounds, mm -hmm. which tells the location in points of each field boundary. And the field rotation. And the field rotation. So that's one where um, with the new card windows from 16, if you wanted to fake a drop-down list that included images or something like that, you can fake it and make mm -hmm. it look like it's immediately, or not make it look like it's immediately, place it immediately beneath the field uh, where you are to give it that look. Yeah. Well, I think that was one of the first little kind of tricks 
that we saw in a video 10 seconds after like FileMaker 16 came out, somebody <laughs> yeah. popped up a video and was like, hey, look, if you could pick the, pick the, what was that, pick it a country, and yeah. they had a little flag oh, right. in yeah, the right. list. So that was a really nice visual touch that you cannot create in FileMaker yet. With a standard value With list. a standard value list, you could uh, do it if you were incorporating like web stuff. That was how they got that look in there. But yeah, they would have had to use the field bounds in order to place the card window in the exact spot. Yeah, and to not not meaning to plug modular FileMaker again, but there is a module on modular okay. FileMaker for, for doing that sort of thing, for card window placement, hmm. and that uses field bounds to make decisions. Mm -hmm. So next is field comment. Mm -hmm. We've had field comments for uh, forever, and field comment returns the comment in the field where you in the field definitions right there's a there's a comment space to add space, a comment right. so. yes oftentimes we'll put in the field comment what the field's usage is so i guess you could grab that and put it in a tooltip yep. possibly sure then that would be a way to store a tooltip that you can get to from defined database or managed database rather than having to hard code it or put it in the inspector uh, you know, linked to the object as opposed to following it back to the field itself. Right. So a more centralized area to store a tooltip. Yeah, there's times that's that's the most practical thing to do. Mm -hmm. Next is field IDs, which will return a list of all the of all the field IDs in uh, file name and layout name. Okay, so those are the parameters that you feed it: the file name and layout name. It gives you all the field IDs that are on the layout. Right. The field IDs, those are, uh, that's a number. Mm -hmm. And right. from when a database is created, the first field that's created is field one. Does that have field ID one? And it just counts up from right. there. Right. So how many fields can you create in a FileMaker file? It's a big number. Yeah, I bet. The numbers keep getting bigger and bigger, it seems. Yeah. I want to say 200. 250 million, mm -hmm. something like that, fields over the life of the file. Over the life of the file. Right. Okay. So every field in a file, the field the field IDs aren't related to the table that they're in. Mm -hmm. They're unique for the file. Okay. Uh, and one of the things that the help file says about those field IDs is that, so if you're on, uh, so you want to get the field IDs for a file and a layout, and when it returns the values, if there's any related fields on that layout, it returns them as table ID colon field ID. Right. So lots of the, I'm guessing that a lot of the solutions and programs that are out there to help developers analyze their databases use a lot of these design functions to power their reporting. I can't think of a reason why I would need all the field ideas well, the, the, <laughs> from a layout, the, but... The DDR includes field IDs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure the DDR throws so there almost in everything there. in there. So field IDs, mm -hmm. one thing you can do... So I have I have a module mm -hmm. that audits the yeah. changes in the, in the solution. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I do is I, in, in there, I grab all of the table names and IDs and all the field names and IDs. 
And so all the tracking of those fields is done oh, via the ID. Done on the ID, right, because it's going to be faster. With several of our solutions, of course, the end users do have access to define the database. Mm -hmm. So if they, for some reason, change field name, right. even if they change it only for their own reference, well, that, that changes the tracking a little bit. But if I'm going by the ID, I can always make a connection back. Right. And so then if you're in the auditing system, if you are looking at a report from the point of view of a field, then you can get all of the changes, you know, all right. of the field edits from that field based on the ID and even get, potentially you'd be able to track then the field name change because right. you could pull that if you're grabbing that also. So that's pulling all the field IDs from field names in a file on a layout. Mm -hmm. Then we also have field names is a design function, field repetitions, field style. Thunder, feel the thunder, lightning and the thunder. Standard scrolling. So field, okay. um, field style returns the information about the field on that layout. Like if there is, if it's a pop-up menu, if it's a checkbox, if it's a radio button. So that's not the field itself. It's the field display on right. the layout. Standard text or standard yeah. calc. Yeah. And then there's field type which returns whether or not it's a calculated field, a stored calculation, a global field, a text, and you know, that kind of stuff. And does it also give index information? Yes, it returns whether it's indexed or unindexed as well. Okay. The next one on the list is get next serial value. Oh, and what does that do? Well, it provides the next serial <laughs> number of field name in file name. Now that one, because it's uh, data-based, that would be a good way to if you're setting account numbers or PO numbers or, you know, anything like that, that you would normally, um, that you could use a serial value in the database definitions, you could also do it this way. Or, or if you're still using the serial numbers as your, as as your IDs, IDs mm -hmm. which a lot of people still do. Yeah. Not, not the best idea in generally. But I've had that. That's, I've gotten burned by that a couple times when importing or, or, you know, using a backup of a file and then forgetting to reset this years ago, <laughs> yeah. forgetting to reset the serial number and then having duplicate IDs in the system. So it's a, it's one of those gotchas. That would bite us a lot back then. Yeah. So it helps to have uh, some leading alpha characters to help you isolate the table. A lot of people did that too. Yeah. Yeah. But still, if you don't reset the serial, you're, you still have duplicates. Yeah. So. The next one is the layout IDs. So same concept with the field IDs, list of all of the layout IDs in file name. And again, that's a numeric. Then there's layout object names. Uh, you missed layout names. Oh, layout names, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a list of all the names of layouts in a file. Mm-hmm. So the layout object names, which is a list of all the names of all named objects on the layout uh, of a file. Mm -hmm. So it's anything that where in the inspector you've used the name field and given the object a name. Mm -hmm. It'll return all those names. Next one's relation info, a list, a list of four values for each relationship directly related to table name. The four values are the source, uh, the data source name of the database table, the table, the name of the table, the options, um, and those are the options that are set on the right side of the edit relationship dialog. So either... If delete is enabled, if create is enabled, if sort uh, is selected, it'll be blank if nothing's set. 
And then the last value is the relationship. So a list of all of the defined relationships, one per line. And the field names are fully qualified. That seems useful for like rebuilding. Yeah, and for analysis. If you do, if you do an analysis of a file, if it's a new file you're not familiar with, or mm -hmm. something, you're just called into, hey, we're having some issues with our database, some speed issues, or whatever. If you get the relationship info for a whole bunch of relationships, mm -hmm. and you find that there are filters and sorts, that could very well be what slow. You know, that's a very right. easy thing to go after. It right. might be slowing the whole system down. Yeah, and at some point in the future, we'll have a podcast of the tools that you can't live without. And uh, this is how I asked earlier, a lot of those programs and tools use these design functions to feed the data analysis and, and, and the, uh, the reporting that they provide. Yeah, some of them use these functions and other ones use the DDR, which pulls a lot of this information as well. Yes, so that's the relation info function. And then, and then there's script IDs, Mm -hmm. which same as the other ones, it's returning a unique ID for every script that's created in the file. Mm -hmm. Again, for an audit, I'll, I'll often use the script IDs mm -hmm. for the audit so that I can track them that way. Because my script names usually include parameter names along with them, mm -hmm. uh, the script name itself gets long, bulky, right. mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So what I'll do sometimes Whenever I have an error message come up mm -hmm. for the like user. Like a dialogue, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a dialogue come up for the user to tell them that, you know, something went wrong within the script. Mm -hmm. Rather than give them the script name, which, like I said, could be could be long and convoluted, sometimes I will display the script ID. That's right. much easier for them whenever they say, oh, in the error dialogue, it said, oh, this went wrong, and it said script ID 423. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit easier for the user to, Can you get that? to be able to communicate. Can you get that dynamically by... Because you can say get script name. Yeah, you can say get script name. You can't say get script ID. You can't script say ID. get script ID. However, there but, is a function. Mm -hmm. There's a custom function by Fabrice Nordman, so you don't need any plugins or anything, mm -hmm. that can return the ID of a script or a field or a table. It can give you that information dynamically. Okay. Because I know you hard code. The script IDs. Uh, so, sometimes I'll hard code them. Like usually yeah. when when we are actively debugging something, but right before it's beta tested with a client. Yeah, often I'll I'll hard code the IDs in there. Mm -hmm. And the IDs, if you use the Monkey Bread software plugin, the MBS plugin, there's an option to show script IDs. Oh, like over in the left. Over in the left, along with the script mm -hmm. name. I should use that. So then there's also a script names function, which returns all the script names. Mm -hmm. So there's table IDs and table names. The table names returns the table occurrences, not oh. the table names. Okay, so you wouldn't get a list of, like the same list that you would see when you open up the table list in Define Database. Correct. You'll get a list of any and all table occurrences in the relationship graph. Right. Like for us, you get our base tables, all the Z tables, and then everything else. Value list IDs, value list items, value list names. That's right. pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. And window names. window names. So window names gives you all of the open windows 
for a for a name database. So you give it the database name. And we use that a lot for basically checking to see if a window's already open. If we have a couple solutions we have have like an activity log for mm-hmm. clients and uh that's open in a separate window. So if they're in window one that has the clients in it and window two has their activity log, if they keep the activity log open and switch clients, the activity log will actually update to find the right activities for that client because it's not based on it's a separate list it's not the same table it's not a portal or anything like that right so you don't end up with all these stacked windows right yeah window management can be such a bear it's better with the cards and things are becoming a little easier for us yeah so that you don't have a hundred windows open (laughs) (laughs) that that helps with that yeah, that's easy to lose track of. Mm-hmm. And, and it depends, you know, you might have a client who they say that they're comfortable with new windows, and then they might have other staff that they say, no, we can't have multiple windows open. People are going to get confused. So we would like to do everything in one window. There's a lot of design considerations when you're faced with that blessing and a curse. Yeah. So we'll we'll use it also for, like in, uh, for reporting. Mm-hmm. So they run a report, an invoice history report, and then they can click on individual invoices, which takes them back to the primary window. Mm-hmm. So they can go look at either the invoice or the client. And then when they go back to the report, it, it jumps to the window. It jumps of... to the window rather than rerunning the report and opening another window. And now you have multiple and maybe right. maybe one was updated and one wasn't. Now it's confusing. So mm-hmm. yeah. So knowing the, the window names and using practical names and good design practice. Yeah. It's very useful. So that's all of the design functions. That's all the design functions. However, however, there's a little bit more you can do since we got execute SQL. There's a couple like hidden tables within FileMaker. Mm-hmm. So there's execute SQL statements that you can hit. So if you say execute SQL, select star from FileMaker underscore fields or FileMaker underscore tables. So the fields and the tables are two kind of hidden tables mm-hmm. in and, FileMaker and, that track all that. And that gives you a distinct list, right, of the tables? Well, again, the tables. Or is that the table occurrences? Is table occurrences again. Okay. So the FileMaker underscore tables gives you, can give you the, the table name, which is actually the table occurrence. Okay. The table ID, the base table name which is the table name. Right. So what you can say is... You get the unique file... table occurrences and then the stack of the table names. Well, you can you can specify what information you want. Okay. Select asterisk from FileMaker tables, if that's your whole SQL statement. Mm-hmm. That will return the table name, which is the table occurrence, the table ID, the base table name, the base file name, and the mod count, which is the number of times the, the schema has been... Okay. changed. So the table name is really the table occurrence. The base table name is the actual table name. Right. So if you only want the base table names, you can say select table name from FileMaker tables. But mm-hmm. that'll give you duplicates because it's doing it for every table occurrence. It's returning the base table name for every table occurrence. Oh, so, so you'd have to wrap a distinct around the So base if you wrap a distinct name. around it, then you get all the unique table, okay. actual table names. Mm-hmm. For a file. Right. It will pull from 
whatever file you're in, it's pulling obviously from that relationship graph. Mm -hmm. So if that relationship graph references other files, mm -hmm. it will pull from that file as well. Oh, okay. So we use separation model yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. So our interface file will have table occurrences from the data file, right. from any other files, and from okay. itself. So you'll get all of that back. Sounds like a lot. The other hidden table, which is FileMaker underscore fields, that will return the table name, again, table occurrence name, mm -hmm. field name, field type, which is the, the SQL data type, like var, varchar, okay. decimal, binary, stuff mm -hmm. like that. The field ID, the field class, which is normal, summary, or calculated. Okay. The field repetitions, mm -hmm. and the mod they call it mod count. It's the number of times that that field has been modified in the data structure. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I use those also in the... In the log. In the log, in the audit okay. log. You can get get the field names from FileMaker fields where the table name equals whatever. So you can get all the fields for any specific table. You right. don't have to get all the fields for all the tables. You can specify which table you want the field list for. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of different ways to use this that will mm -hmm. give you some, some interesting information and some useful information. We'll put that in the show notes and we'll have some examples mm -hmm. of different ways to utilize those commands. Cool. Yeah, I thought of a use case for one of the design functions that earlier on I said, I can't think of why that would be useful. Oh, so why can what be useful? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the ones of, uh, about the layout, IDs. like getting all the fields on a layout. So the field names or field IDs, uh, those two. A good use for that, uh, we, we don't often do this, to create web pages based on based off of FileMaker layouts, to be able to give someone that list of all of the fields that are necessary on a layout, then they could they know what fields to reference when recreating the layout easily without having to know the FileMaker backend. So you give somebody a screenshot or, hey, here's what it looks like, go build this in PHP, mm -hmm. and these are your backend fields. Something that, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. If any of our listeners have any fun use case scenarios for the design functions, feel free to let us know how you are using them. You can send us an email. Mm-hmm. Where? Off the record at profiledevelopers.com. That's right. <laughs> and you can find the show notes at profiledevelopers.com on the mm -hmm. blog. On the blog page. Are we going to include some links? To stuff sure yep okay that sounds like a plan yeah <laughs> so that's all i wanted to talk about today and, I and talked you about talked it. about it good work <laughs> thanks <laughs> all right well thank you everybody for listening we very much appreciate it mm -hmm. and have happy holidays that's oh yeah stuff. that's coming up those are all coming up <laughs> so go have a gobble rito oh it's too late it is a lot of people might not know what a gobblerito is. Gobblerito is a uh, turkey dinner jammed into a burrito shell. <laughs> <laughs> might have to have a link to that. That's probably not the best way to describe it, but it's delicious. Yeah, I would I would say it a little differently. Yeah. There's a... a restaurant. <laughs> from Pittsburgh. <laughs> called Mad, Mad Max. Yes. Who is Mad not paying Max. us to say this. Oh, no, no, no. But they have very cool 
cool restaurants with yeah. nice um, anyway it's a, a tex-mex and mm-hmm. uh every thanksgiving they make a gobblerito which has turkey stuffing potatoes corn mm-hmm. uh gravy and a little side dish of cranberry sauce mm-hmm. yeah and they shove it all into a burrito and it's big it is it is big uh yeah and they don't do it just for thanksgiving it's for uh, it's america big right <laughs> <laughs> Is it like six weeks before Thanksgiving? Uh, the month like of October, that. like leading up to Thanksgiving. And then they bring it back for like one day in the spring or the summer. Yeah. And it's crazy busy with people lining up for their gobbleritos. Yeah. But they end on Thanksgiving, so no more. Yeah. No more this year, at least. There's something to look forward to next time. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you. And we will see y'all next time. Yeah, which might be in the new year. Maybe. Maybe. Might be. All right. Thank you. Bye.